0: In the last nine months, an unusual party has grown up around musician Ryan Koenig's regular gigs at the Whiskey Ring Bar on Cherokee Street. It's called Western Wear Night, and it's drawing hundreds of costumed revelers, a whole bunch of people dressing up like hipster cowboys, on Tuesdays. These evenings began as a few friends showed up in their western duds while Koenig performed, but they've turned into a phenomenon. Music, food, vendors, burlesque, and yeah, a whole lot of South City types dressed up like Butch Cassidy. If Butch Cassidy wore his chaps with a glimmer of irony. Our producer Evie Hempel visited the whiskey ring last night. Here's what she witnessed.
1: In a little cantina down Mexico way.
2: It's 8.30 p.m. on a Tuesday night on Cherokee Street, and Ryan Koenig and the Goldenrods have just begun their set on the patio outside the Whiskey Ring. The venue is already hopping with Western Wear night attendees, decked out in their finest cowboy, cowgirl, and, in a few cases, cow-doggo attire. Michael Corey is one of them. He stumbled into a previous Western Wear night by accident, but now he's here selling his vintage lithographs and framed cards and helping his friend Emily Dustman sell her magazines and jewelry he's watched western wear night grow into quite the bonanza in recent months.
1: There was one time I came here when there was like 300 people here and I was like what is happening? You know what I mean? It's like cuz you know it's a Tuesday night so it's not always the easiest night to get people out and about. But um yeah and they were talking about you know like how people in the county started coming out hearing about it and there's people who where did they say they're oh, from from Spain, from Spain that wanna, heard, that wanted to do through. they're traveling through doing cross country trip through America and they wanted to make St. Louis one of the stops and reached out they reached out to Lucas asking him when the next one was and they're coming tonight you know so it's just <laughs> like it's just, I think that's what like St. Louis is really about. Is that I think people are really communal, and I think they're excited about communities. And so I think this is just another like little pocket of communal space that we all get to plug into.
3: One of the cool things about this whole thing is that um, it's. We walk, Cherokee Street is one of those places that everyone is welcome, right?
2: That's Ron Strawbridge, a whiskey ring regular and a member of the Community Improvement District Board for Cherokee Street.
3: Um, we rail against um, people being hateful, right, and people just being uh, that way. And that we, we, and one of the things I love about this place and I love about this street is that I felt at home here. Um, I felt like I could be who I wanted to be, right, and that there was respect for that and there was understanding for that. And even sometimes you run into these conversations where you talk about it, right, which is, makes it even better, right?
2: Western wear night all started rather casually last winter, as Whiskey Ring co-owner John Dern recalls.
3: It was fueled by the fact that we had Ryan Koenig coming in and basically doing at that time what we just called band practice, uh, which was him setting up with the various different groups of folks that he plays with up in the front corner of the building. And uh, he'd just kind of play for a couple hours while everybody meandered in and out. and. Uh, Luke and a few other folks, some friends of his, decided to take it upon themselves to start dressing the part to sort of celebrate the evening, uh, and it caught on like wildfire.
0: There's something kind of uniquely Missouri about it for me. I grew up west of the city, and I don't know, there's something, yeah, like very, very Missouri about it for
2: me. That's Olivia Blights, who is attending Western Wear Night for the first time along with friends.
0: You can, you can really embrace stereotypes and there, I don't feel like there's like strong baggage associated with Western stereotypes. So you can just go all in.
2: Tammy Heat is one of the repeat vendors at this iteration of the event, which she describes as uniquely fun.
4: You know what, this crowd in particular I think brings out a whole variety of people all interested in like Western wear, but um, Just a lot of eclectic people here and um, interesting
0: vendors. It's really a great time. Now joining us in studio to give us the backstory are Ryan Koenig and Lucas Hanner. Uh, Ryan, welcome to the show.
5: Thank you very much.
0: And Lucas, welcome to you.
5: Thanks for having us.
0: So Ryan, this all started, as we heard in that that audio clip there, it all started with your Whiskey Ring residency. How did it end up taking off to the point that it has?
1: Well, I mean, it did start, as uh, John Jern said, essentially, you know, had a lot of band practices at my house. And eventually decided, well, we could just go do this in a bar. And you know, the staff and owners of the Whiskey Ring have been some of my very good friends around town and around the music scene for about as long as I've been playing. So it only made sense to go there. And uh, yeah, the the first Western Wear night was just four of us getting together to just you know wear what kind of we usually wear, but you know as a group. And then it coincided with when I was going to be playing at the Whiskey Ring anyway. And like was said, it started with four, five, six of us. And then all of a sudden there was 10 and 20 and 30 and 40. And now there's hundreds.
0: <laughs> hundreds. I mean, what has been going through your mind as you see these numbers going up, up, up every, you know, every month that you do this?
1: Um you know, mostly, oh, so other people are as serious about this as I am.
0: <laughs> and when you say you're serious about this, I mean, here you are in studio. You're wearing a cowboy hat. You're wearing a Western yeah, shirt. This is- this, this for is you my is standard. not just a once-a-month thing. Yeah,
5: this is this is fairly standard for me. Uh,
0: Lucas Hanner, is that the case for you as well?
5: Uh, I am not. I don't live it uh, as much as Ryan does. I definitely do more. My aesthetic I feel is more like a 1970s-based. You know, I like a uh, little bell-bottom type. You got uh, your Levi's. Yeah, the mustache going. But Ryan, Ryan is uh, wearing it and living it. Uh, as a throwback to uh, his roots in music. So like that, I find that like the most fascinating thing of all about the clothing culture.
0: And so you were one of the original guys attending this. And as you said, cowboy wear isn't your, your mainstay thing. What attracted you to want to do this when your friends were talking about it?
5: Because we, for one, all of us uh, really embrace the thrifting culture in St. Louis. So there's a lot of vendors, a lot of shops, and a lot of like Instagrams that we can follow and say, oh, wow, you know, and a lot of us have clothing from our grandparents and so I think you put all that together and it's like wow this is fun I'm wearing my grandpa's shirt and she's wearing her grandma's dress or someone then took it uh, our friend Piper McMahon she's one of the original four she took it to the next level to be a rodeo clown it just keeps every every month something is new and it's it's enjoyable
0: she's literally dressing like a clown
5: she did once she okay. she, ha- she has a new costume every month
0: and I understand that um, you've also gotten vendors involved how did that come about
5: well, the vendor's situation happened because um, we wanted to embrace the local community. And <clears throat> so all this ties in because they're all local artists, whether they're uh, Thrift Gold and May's Place. Uh, they are selling sustainable you know clothing because this is stuff that's upcycled, and we embrace that. And it also is Western wear. They carry that. So once you have that and you include the fact that you can go to one of these shops and buy a shirt, even if it doesn't fit you well, you could go down the street on Cherokee Street to block alterations and have it sized to fit you. So uh, it just made sense that we should have a vendor's market during the warm months, get people outside shopping. And uh, and another neat thing is the musical community, along with these uh, artists who make handmade goods and sell clothing. They all go hand in hand. A perfect example is uh, Nick Pence. It's somebody that um, Ryan plays with. And so R- Ryan and him play together often. Well, he also makes handmade leather goods. So he came to our last Western wear night and was selling belts and many other le- leather items. So it's, it's all, it, it all goes hand in hand.
1: A friend of mine last night asked me, when was that Western wear night happening? I was like, oh, it was Tuesday. He's <laughs> you like, missed oh. it for a month. <laughs> he's just like, ah, oh, well, I didn't know what I was going to wear. But wait, they sell clothes.
0: <laughs> it's kind of like one-stop shopping. Mm-hmm. It really is. You can get your costume at the party. Mm-hmm. So, on the subject of these these outfits that people are wearing, our producer Laura Hamden talked to Western Wear Night attendees on this Tuesday about what they were wearing. Let's give that a listen.
4: I'm wearing uh, some workwear, so I've got some roundhouse overalls on and Western boots, of course. I found these boots on a work trip in uh, Texas, uh, and I always am having, or wanting to wear them someplace, so this seemed like the perfect opportunity. <laughs>
1: this hat rarely makes an appearance. It was actually a gift from a good friend, and um, it's a pleasure to wear it tonight for the occasion.
4: It is a like two-piece 1960s gold Lemay Western suit. I feel like people like an excuse to wear like something interesting. I mean, I dress not like this all the time, but like I do wear a lot of vintage clothing, so it is a bit different and like that is how I dress most of the time, but like I mean, this is one of the few t- given yeah, I do I have on something very flashy, but like this is one I mean, of the few times myself. like a week where, like, I can kind of wear whatever I want and, like, no one really questions my motives, so that's kind of nice.
3: I like the period part of it. So, I mean, you can dress modern Westerns like that, but I like the idea of, like, looking at what folks actually dressed like. And so when you look at, like, The Sundance Kid and stuff like that, when they took pictures, the pictures we have of them, they were pretty proper looking, right? They were amazing, right? And folks like that, because a picture was a big deal. Right. And so I thought I'd go with that a little bit. So go with, you know, maybe I'm not going to wear a hat that I'd wear if I was riding a horse. Right. Maybe I wear a hat that would, you know, would be at that time period, a bowler hat or a top hat would be something amazing.
4: Well, the people who come here and do burlesque, they they definitely have the best outfits because they have fringe chaps and fringe jackets. And, you know, they're layering it on to take it off later.
2: (laughs) What's your go to Western wear?
4: Um, I personally like pearl snap shirts and I like a lot of embroidery and also southwestern kind of eye cap patterns. My go-to western wear is a great belt with an amazing buckle. (laughs) Describe your buckle that you have here and how it's holding your drink. It does have a horse on it and then this belt is amazing because it's from a fella that makes, um, he makes belt buckles out of used leather and so it's kind of like an upcycled belt which is pretty cool and then my boots I love my boots I've had my boots since I was 20 years old so they are truly vintage and they feel amazing
2: and what about um, what's holding your drink that attachment where'd you get that
4: okay so I won this the first time I came to a Western wear night Um, they had an auction to support the bands and uh, I actually won so I was so excited, I felt like I won the lottery when I won this holster, it's just been so much fun. Have you found it handy outside of Western Ware Night? Oh my goodness, yes. People always come up and say, where did you get that? Because I'm like hands-free. I just get a beer and I just put it in and I'm hands-free, it's delightful.
0: And those are attendees at Western Wear Night talking to our producer, Laura Hamden. Uh, we're here in the studio today talking to Ryan Koenig and Lucas Hanner, who are among the original members of this night that has completely taken off. Um, Lucas, some of the people Laura talked to mentioned burlesque. Yeah. When did burlesque end up becoming a part of this, this wild hullabaloo?
5: It started last month uh, when we had our bonanza. And it has grown in only two Western Wear Nights. Burlesque is now a staple of it, and it's great because the burlesque community is embracing this space because we offer, like, our biggest message is that we offer a safe space. Um, You know, if if any hatefulness, you'll be asked to leave. So here's a space where they can perform their arts, and uh, it's just really grown. And what's really awesome about the burlesque is Irene Brown is who we nominated our coordinator she has four performers a month. One's a revolving spot for a guest of the month, so we get to highlight new people. And two of the four must be performers of color. So it's she's doing an amazing job, uh, and it's just all-inclusive. We're, we're so happy that they joined us.
0: I know there's a prominent sign out in front of the whiskey ring about things that will not be tolerated at Western Wear Night, homophobia, racism, um, things like that. Was there something that made it clear that those expectations had to be spelled out?
5: No, actually, it was... Um, Seeing that our, uh, our community, everyone that's involved with Cherokee Street, this is stuff that we already live by, but we wanted to make sure. My biggest fear was that uh, some bros from some fraternity were gonna show up and ruin our party, you know? And because this is a safe space with no touching, you know, it's, it's, we want to make sure that when you come to the door, you're gonna see them right there posted on the door. And it's our biggest shared social media post. So, when people they see are the excited house rules, about that sign. They really are. So, it, 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 you know, we have no problem asking someone to leave. Luckily, we haven't really been in that position. The only thing that we've had was just someone who would be there. This only happened one time. It was someone who was just intoxicated, was not mm-hmm. on Cherokee Street for this event. They just stumbled into our space.
1: It can happen. It <laughs> happens.
0: Ryan Koenig. Well,
5: and I would say, too, that.
1: You know, a, a consistent stereotype of country music, western music, hillbilly music that dates back to its inception is that it is only for redneck, ignorant, you know, like folks like that. And an event like this is meant to destroy those stereotypes and make the style, the sound, and the community inclusive to whoever Feels like they want to be a part
0: of it. It sounds like the person who's booking the burlesque performers is really trying to ensure that there's some diversity up on stage. Has it been possible to get a, a really diverse crowd of people going to this, or are you mostly getting a lot of a lot of white people? No, frankly, it's, <laughs>
5: it's Cherokee Street. It's as it's as diverse as that you're going to find, and it it's becoming more diverse. So, uh, and and we're we're embracing it, and we're just you know making sure that everyone's included. Um, it, it's, it's been really just amazing. To, but that's what Cherokee Street is.
0: So Ryan, this started as quote unquote band practice for you. And it's turned into this really well attended gig. Um, I'm sure you're having to now practice at, at some other time.
1: Well, that, that <laughs> is <no>? most, that's <laughs> most of my day anyway. But, uh, you know, it, it got to the point where when it started as band practice, it was very much just like, uh, okay, who's available tonight? Whatever's going to go. And then when it started being more well attended, it's like, okay, well now I need to pick one of these bands. And I need to pick a certain time frame that this occurs during a start time, a finish time. I'm gonna need to bring a PA because once we get beyond about 20 people here, these acoustic instruments are not gonna cut through the noise. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it has evolved slowly but comfortably over time.
5: And I'd also like to add that it's been a—Ryan has presented a space and a stage to uh, provide other local artists, especially up-and-coming artists, to come out and share their music with us. We've had Cara Louise, who has an upcoming new uh, EP coming out October 25th. We've had Dill Spears, who's working on an album, Austin Roberts. And then we had one national act, Croy and the Boys, come through for our Bonanza. So it's been really great sharing this music with, with you know, everyone that's there. And it's because of Ryan.
0: And Ryan, we've got time for just one more thing. Okay. <laughs> uh,
1: I mean, most of the uh, touring acts, it's good to have them because I've been around the country enough that I have lots of friends everywhere. And it's great to have a reliable way for them to come through St. Louis so that people can meet my friends on either side of that equation.
0: Ryan Koenig, thank you so much for joining us today. And, and Lucas Hanner, thank you for being here. Um, Western night is the third Tuesday of every month at the Whiskey Ring on Cherokee Street. This is St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske.
1: Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association.